Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Smart Parent Successful Students podcast. I have another guest here with me, and her name is Melissa Schwartz. Welcome, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm great. Happy to be here with you. Great. I know you are the co-founder of Leading Edge Parenting. You're also an author, public speaker, coach for parents of highly sensitive children. I definitely want to talk about this topic. That's why I invited Melissa today. <laughs> uh, and Melissa's out of California, which is awesome. Uh, I've gotten a lot of guests uh, in this season five out of California. So my business is moving outward. <laughs> but let me introduce Melissa real quick. She was born an intense, uh, sensitive, empathic, empathic power seeker. She is a uh, a respected expert in the field of highly sensitive children and brings clarity, personal experience, and compassion for parents raising HSCs. Um, and she is an internationally acclaimed author, as I said, coach and public speaker, bringing new perspective based on current research and personal experience. That's always good to transform the field of child development. And Melissa is a Stanford University alumna. Ah, just had one a few minutes ago as well. A graduate of the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. She lives with her family in Southern California and coaches parents around the world. So welcome again, Melissa, to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for, uh, you know, jumping on this because I'm really thinking this is a very important topic. I myself am tutoring a couple kids that are very uh, sensitive and I wanted to bring you on as soon as I met you. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey and how, what, you know, what got you to where you're at today? Yeah. So I always say I was born into this work. Um, I co-founded Leading Edge Parenting with my own mom and she was a child development specialist, a preschool teacher, and then eventually ran a corporate daycare center on Wall Street. And when she and I do talks together, she talks about, what it was like raising my older brother, who's hardwired, very easygoing, and then raised me, who was required <laughs> to be, quote, difficult and challenging and just more intense um, than most children. And so, um, you know, once my, my parents um, retired, my dad's also an educator, they moved to California, and I had already been living out here for about five, six years at the time, and my mom started giving workshops for parents. And naturally, the parents that go to workshops about emotionally healthy discipline or, or you know, understanding your child's behavior, they have kids that are hardwired like me. They're a little more intense, a little more challenging. And so as my mom would talk about what it was like raising me, 
parents would come up to me at the end of the workshop and say, you sound just like my child, can I talk to you? And so that started about 15 years ago. And so I naturally started coaching parents because they were asking for support. And at the time I hadn't even heard of the term highly sensitive. I just knew that there was something more emotionally sensitive, more intense about the way that I experienced life. And when I discovered Elaine Aaron's book called The Highly Sensitive Person, everything clicked into place. And I realized that that's what made me different, made me a little more challenging to be with, made it a little more challenging to be me. And so in the last decade, I really focused on working with um, children that are highly sensitive and more recently, kids that have sensory processing disorder, because that tends to get kind of lumped in with high sensitivity. And sometimes the challenging behaviors will look similar, even though they're kind of coming from from different roots, right? The highly sensitive child, um, I always say it's it's like an extreme temperament type that they have, whereas the sensory processing differences are really rooted in neurology and the way that the brain is processing sensory input. So I've sort of become the go-to for parents that are either looking for support in sorting out what's going on for their child, or they have a sensitive, intense child, and they just don't know what to do to help that kid, you know, get through their days and thrive in the world. And, and so I'm super, super delighted when I get to use my own life experience, my own challenges, my own kind of misunderstanding in childhood as a portal to help families and children grow up so that they don't have to go through so many years of feeling like there's something wrong with them, that they can just kind of dive right in where they are and for the gifts and strengths that come with being highly sensitive. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've encountered a couple of them and my tutoring myself. So that's why I definitely, yeah, wanted to have you speak. And I think we're seeing more and more of that, right? Even in the last couple of years, probably. Yeah. And highly sensitive people make up about 20% of the population. So it's like one in five are highly sensitive. And I think the world that we're living in right now, you know, the last couple of years have been very difficult for most people, but for people that are wired to be more sensitive and intense, they just can't put on a facade. You know, if they're having a hard time, they're having a hard time. And so it's kind of, I think, showing up more, even though the numbers may not have increased, it's sort of um, the tolerance of a highly sensitive person to cope and to um, get by in a day-to-day -day has diminished and mm -hmm. so really needing tools and skills in order to be able to thrive. So what is high sensitivity? Just in case uh, parents don't know, I know we're talking about it and we're jumping right in, but We'll, we'll back up just a second and make sure everybody knows what it is. And is it a disorder? Because there's a lot of disorders around. Does it need treatment? Correct. So high sensitivity is not a disorder. It is not a clinical diagnostic term. You will not find it in the DSM-5. High sensitivity is what I like to think of as an extreme temperament type. So it's a specific type of hard wiring. It is a genetic trait. So it is passed down through the DNA. Um, interestingly enough, I work with a lot of families that have adopted children. And typically it's because if parents are not highly sensitive and they have a highly sensitive child, they kind of don't know what to do with them. Um, one of the ways that I like to describe high sensitivity is if you've seen the movie, The Wizard of Oz, um, the, the, the beginning and the ending scenes in Kansas are sort of like being neurotypical or not highly sensitive and living in a black and white world. But then once you get into Oz, that's what it's like to be highly sensitive. It's like the emotional spectrum, all of our 
physical senses are really heightened. And so things feel more intense for us and it's legitimate. It's not us being dramatic or being an actress. I was called those things a lot when I was younger. It is a legitimate experience. So um, some of the physical senses might take in more input um, mm -hmm. where that tiptoes into sensory processing disorder is when the sensory systems become so overstimulated that it's hard to get through a daily activity. Um, more common, typical, I'm using air quotes here, for the highly sensitive person is that they're more aware of the heightened sensory input. So they might notice smells that are more subtle, or um, they might be a little more aware of tags and, or seams in clothing. But, um, you know, maybe it's disruptive, but it's not so much that they can't wear that particular thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the place where high sensitivity really tends to show up is in our emotional experience. So I like to use a metaphor of crayons when I'm describing emotions. The neurotypical person's got like an eight pack or a 12 pack with the primary colors and the primary emotions. Whereas the highly sensitive person has that value pack, the 164 crayons. So more nuanced emotions, more shades of emotions, more saturated emotions. And so as we move through life, we can become more easily overwhelmed, overstimulated by our emotional experiences. Um, we need time to process and kind of step back. And when you've got a child who's over, over who's highly sensitive and becomes overstimulated, it might look like they have ADHD or um, an anxiety or a depressive disorder because they feel so much, they're taking in so much. And if they don't know what to do with it, if they don't know how to process it and have downtime to come back into balance from the outside looking in, it can look like a diagnostic um, where we kind of want to slap a label on them and, and offer a therapeutic. But what sensitive children really need are to learn to identify and appropriately express their emotions and to learn skills and strategies so that when they're feeling overstimulated or overwhelmed either by life or by their their feelings that they know how to discharge that that they know how to come back into a balanced state a special message from dynamis learning academy would you like your child to be a part of the gifted program in your school system kids in the gifted program receive more attention and awards and can attend better colleges it's well worth your time to make sure they get in the gifted program by getting the appropriate score on the gifted qualification tests. What most parents don't know is that you can actually help your child study for the gifted test and get accepted. We at Dynamis Learning Academy assist children so they can qualify for the gifted program in their public school. To learn more about this, go to dynamislearningacademy.com or reach us at 770-282-9931. Hmm. Interesting. That is really interesting. So how can an adult tell that a child is highly sensitive? So if you've got a really young child, chances are good that they're having tantrums, that they're falling apart, that, um, you know, they're wanting to be empowered. It's not very much, it's not uncommon for a highly sensitive child to also be what I would call strong willed and have mm -hmm. a very strong sense of self wanting autonomy, wanting things to be done in a particular way. Um, highly sensitive children, these are now going to be, you know, some broad general generalizations. Um, they might have some perfectionistic tendencies. They might um, be really 
intelligent and and you know do well academically but then also struggle socially or with the environment in the classroom so they 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 try to um please the adults around them but they also want to please themselves so these are just kids that are typically struggling in a social and academic environment um, at home, they might not want to listen to the rules, they might have um, their own idea. And I also want to say on the total converse of that, some highly sensitive children are introverts, are very mellow and mild and soft-spoken. They want to just kind of sit with books and be on their own and have independent play. So high sensitivity can look very different based on how it shows up in a child, but the kind of core tenets of high sensitivity are always going to come back to that emotional sensitivity, the emotional intensity, um, needing downtime to be able to process, um, becoming more easily overstimulated than their non-highly sensitive counterparts, and being aware of subtleties, both sensory subtleties and um, emotional subtleties, physical subtleties in a room, things like that. I can see how people with ADHD, after listening to you, um, you know, talk about it is I, I can see how people are saying ADHD possibly yes. over is so similar. Is there a test that you use to identify? Yes, there is, right? there's actually um, what we would call a quiz, which is, um, it's just a questionnaire. It's an assessment that was created by Elaine Aaron. Um, I've sort of modified her version because Personally, I do believe that her quiz muddles in a little more sensory information than um, is accurate. You know, um, a child who has sensory processing disorder could also look like they're highly sensitive. And so because I, you know, I work in these two areas, I'm a little bit of a stickler in making sure that we're not um, underdiagnosing sensory processing disorder. In other words, if a child is really struggling with food textures, they're a super picky eater, they can't handle having wet clothing on them. That's more sensory than just pure high sensitivity. But Elaine Aaron did put together a quiz, and I believe I have a version of it on my website that um, that parents or, or teachers, professionals working with students can kind of go through just to get a little checklist. Um, but again, the primary things we're looking for are the way that a child is responding emotionally? Can they handle surprises, changes in what's expected? Um, how are they dealing with transitions? You know, sensitive kids tend to need a slow shift in the way that they're moving through things. They don't do well with big startling changes, um, un the unexpected, all of that will kind of throw them for a loop. So is there a treatment then to high sensitivity? or so, just strategies on how yeah, to deal with it that's exactly it they're really just strategies because it's not a diagnostic right so there is necessarily a treatment protocol um, when parents work with me one of the things that i always suggest to them is to look for ways to empower these children um, they do really, really well with clear, consistent boundaries and routines. So figuring out what works for a particular child and then sticking with it is really, really helpful. Um, the other thing is that they don't respond well to harsh punishments or criticisms. They really respond well to gentle, loving discipline, firm boundaries, but loving boundaries. So I, um, I actually wrote a free ebook that people can download called Emotionally Healthy Discipline, where I offer a lot of these types of strategies because because these are kids that are so emotionally sensitive that if their perception is that something is unfair or they're being judged or shamed, um, they're really going to internalize it and that's going to amp up some misbehavior. Mm -hmm. So the treatment protocol, mm, it's really about modeling healthy emotional expression. 
often, <laughs> which can be difficult for a lot of adults because most of us didn't get that when we were growing up. So being able to give it to them can be a bit of a challenge. So there are a couple of different things that we can do for these kids, but no, there's no treatment, there's no medication, um, there's not really a, a particular approach that's a one size fits all. It's really about getting to know each individual child and meeting their needs where they are. Yeah. So uh, in case we didn't cover it, what's the difference between high sensitivity and sensory processing disorder? Because that is a disorder. It is a disorder. So in a nutshell, the way that I like to um, separate the two is that highly sensitive people can get through their day. They can move through an experience, even if they're physically uncomfortable with a certain sense. So for example, um, some children really struggle with like automatic toilet flushers or the sounds in a public bathroom. There's a difference between being aware of the sound and feeling discomfort and having a full on sensory meltdown and falling apart, falling on the floor, crying, covering your ears, just not being able to handle it. That is indicative of sensory processing disorder. And what happens with, with um, somebody that has SPD, I always say that it's, I hate calling it a disorder because parents hear that and then they freak out. Like my child has a disorder, they need occupational therapy. The words sound really scary. Instead, I like to think about it in this way, which is that the brain, which is the sensory processing center is disordering the way that input is being taken in and should be responded to. And so what um, an occupational therapist will help a child do is learn, is teach that brain how to recognize the sound as being too loud or being uncomfortable, but not respond with such intensity that they can't handle it. Now, some adults, I'm an adult with sensory processing disorder. It wasn't identified when I was a child. And um, I've done acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, even EMDR therapy can really help with rewiring the neurology. So while it's really beneficial to recognize SPD in a child when they're young and they can have occupational therapy, if you find it out later in life, it's not a big deal. It's nothing to really worry about. It's not going to hinder being a successful adult in life. So if you're listening, you're thinking that your child might have sensory processing disorder, take a breath, Google with a little bit of caution because some of the information out there can be overwhelming and even scary and not all that will apply to every child. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like if a child or an adult even, um, I don't know, something happens quickly, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, a big bang, mm -hmm. let's say, and they go, like that. Is that more like, would you say that's more high sensitivity more than it is sensory, right? It that could, it could go either way. It could yeah. Either or, um, it also could be a trauma response in somebody who's not highly sensitive, you know? Mm. So, um, when I work with a family, I really like to look at the whole child, you know, in my initial session with a family, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I even want to know what the pregnancy was like, what the, the birth was like, um, right. any trauma that a child may have experienced, you know, what mm. a highly sensitive child will perceive as traumatic might not read as traumatic to a non-highly sensitive child. So, so much of it is about getting into a particular child's world experience, their life experience. Um, I really try and see things through their lens or perspective and then offer feedback to a parent. The thing that we're really trying to do is help this child feel empowered in their body, in their nervous system, so that they know how to navigate life in a world that is totally desensitized, but still be able to 
find their passion and live their purpose without being too overwhelmed by their outside circumstances. Okay. Well, I appreciate all this information that you're sharing with parents. Um, tell them where you, where they can find you. How can they reach you? Is there something you want to offer for them to get? Yeah, thank you. So um, you can find me at leadingedgeparenting.com. Um, there are tons of resources on there. And um, you can also, if you're listening and you're interested in talking with me, you can schedule a free coaching call. Um, you can schedule it right on my website, actually. You can go in and pick a time that works for you. And um, we can talk and figure out if your child might be highly sensitive. And if so, what we can do to help them thrive. Awesome. And uh audience, I just want to tell you that it's leading, L-E-A-D-I-N-G, edge, E-D-G-E, parenting.com, all one word. And it'll be in the podcast notes as well. So thank you very much, Melissa, for your time today. And I know you're a busy person. You're always on podcasts and <laughs> summits and everything. So parents, make sure you take a look at this information, because I think this is not being diagnosed and being missed. And you know, people are looking at only ADHD because that's just very popular or OCD. And I bet you a lot of times they have that, but they also have this and this is what's being missed. Absolutely. You, is that, yeah, what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. even oppositional defiance disorder, borderline personality disorder. And in my experience, while there can be a comorbidity where somebody is both highly sensitive and has one of these disorders, what can also happen is a highly sensitive child who's misunderstood their behavior can morph to look like one of those disorders. And if we treat them for borderline or ODD or anxiety, ADHD, but we don't get to the root, which is actually misunderstood high sensitivity, all of those treatments and medications might work to deal with the symptoms, but we're still not getting to the root cause, which is a child who can't navigate their emotional and energetic experience out in the world. And if we don't get to that, all of the other treatments are just kind of masking the, the primary root issue. And, and they need to be taught strategies and tools. Taught <laughs> that's the bottom line. And that's where you come in. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And parents, I hope you join us again next week with a new guest. Take care for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember... I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.